And first of all, let me say I love what they're doing. The slight change that they're having, the all-star draft will not be like two weeks on a random Thursday night on TNT. It's going to be right before tip. <laughs> I guess they got those jerseys right on the press. But I think it's going to be cool. It's like a pickup style element to it. Like, I hope they just stand at center court like, yo, I got to Yes, sir. And as always, rocking with you. It's your main man for Ross in the building. And introducing partner in crime, the code to the CEO, my brother. You know what I'm saying? Stir it to the fry. Ty. Tyler, how you feeling today, brother? I'm feeling good. Jam Pack Show is always talking NBA, all things NBA All-Star, the SGA Takeover, McDonald's All-American game for the 98th time. I'm here with my brother, my dog, my co-host, my rider, Faraz. And as always, guys, before we get into the video, you know what I'm saying? Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, turn post notifications on. Without further ado, let's get into the plug. Yes, sir. All right. These weekly polls, the NBA MVP ladders come out, you know, on a regular basis. There's no real movement at the top. Nikola Jokic won. Joel Embiid 2, Jason Tatum 3. But man, there was some shockers, especially at number 10. Because as we said one time long ago, one of our first viral videos, I know Faraz had the quote. Hold the phones, my boy JR, Julius yes, Randle giving the Knicks some representation. I know. You love to see it. I, you love to I had see to check it, the man. glasses. Hey. I don't even remember what man, I said. JR or something like that with Julius yeah, yeah, yeah. Randle. I, did, I, I, think, did, I, did. I had it for a second. Oh, good though. The thing that we're here to discuss is the MVP polls. And for us, did you have any reactions? I'm going to read it off for you guys. We told you one through three. At four, there was Giannis. Five, Luka. Six, KD. Seven, John ja Morant. Eight, James Harden. Nine, Sabonis. And ten, JR. Julius Randle. <laughs> None other than the Knicks' favorite almost MVP. You know what I'm saying? Uh, man, no shocks other than honestly... I mean, DeBonta Sabonis has been doing a lot for the Sacramento Kings, but I mean, for me, you really got to put up gaudy numbers to really be in that conversation. I think James Harden gets a pass. Julius Randle, I mean, to the casual fan, that might be a surprise, right? But the work that the Knicks have been doing as of late, you know what I'm saying? I think Julius Randle deserves to be in the conversation. I mean, they were well below 500, been able to get that to 27 and 24 almost right before the all-star break and they got time to get a little bit more above 500 you know what i mean currently sitting at seven but yeah that one shocked me man i mean i think he's playing well but top 10 mvp voting i don't know i think that just speaks to how powerful uh new york city is as a i don't even know what you want to call it as a area as a city as a media presence you know yeah i mean julius has been balling like as good as brunson has been and he's been amazing might be an all-star we'll get into that very shortly Randall has been equally as good, if not better. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've seen such a weird relationship with the fan base, but you said New York Knicks favorite. No, that's not the case. He is not a fan favorite. I don't care how <laughs> good he's been. I've never seen someone go from hated by their fan base to turned into a cult hero in 2020, then hated again to the point where he's thumbing down the crowd in the garden, only to rise to stardom once more. But that's what Julius Randall has done. And Knicks fans still haven't turned completely on him because he's given us 27 a night for these last 10 games. He's averaging like 10 rebounds. He's a bully, double-double 
just write it down because he's going to get that. But still, maybe it's the turnovers. Maybe it's the poor decision-making, facing doubles. We all want a more efficient Julius Randle. And Knicks fans, if he was a more efficient version of himself, then he's a top 10 guy. But he's not that guy. He's not a superstar. He's just a very good player. So um, we got to take it for what he is. He's a bull in the china shop. He can make his threes once every other game. And he's a borderline all-star, but nothing more. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. But I got to I gotta give Julius Randle his flowers at the same time. I mean, minutes down from the 2020 season. When I say minutes, it's down from 37 to 35, right? Increases scoring by a little bit more than a little bit less than a point. It's technically increases rebound by 0.6, right? Uh, overall field goal percentage is better by one percentage. However, three point percentage is down by three point percentage, three percentages. And he's giving you four assists a game, whereas in that season he was giving you six assists a game. You you hit everything on the head. I can't, I'm not disagreeing with anything that you say, but you mentioned it, man. This guy has been absolutely hooping. But his efficiency isn't even horrible. I think it's just how he started the season off. He started the season pretty poorly. And the expectations that were set for him in 21, that he just didn't hit. You know, and then you know how it is. When you have a down season, then you miss time. But nonetheless, Julius Randle has been hooping. But I don't think he necessarily deserves to be in this conversation. Yeah, there's other guys. SGA comes to mind. Uh, you could probably think of three, four others that, that you would probably put on this list before. But, you know, in this MVP race, it's about narratives and the winning narrative that was the Knicks before they marched into Brooklyn yesterday was a positive one, one you could get behind. But something that caught my eye during that Knicks-Nets rivalry week, we're going to touch on it a little bit more later in the podcast. Stay tuned for that. But was contrary to what Stephen A. would have you believe, that fake Knicks fan that be spitting that blasphemy all over us, the Knicks are in a good spot, yo. There is no rebuild necessary. We got three guys averaging 20 a night. The starting point to a winning roster is there. For the first time in a long time, man, I feel like as a Knicks fan, we have a foundation you can dream on. Jalen Brunson's the real deal. He's been better, if not as good as you had hoped he could be. Julius Randle, no one thought he would bounce back to this level, but hey, he's here again. R.J. Barrett, he's averaging 20 on less attempts. Yet there's still a cloud over this franchise. I'm not sure I understand why, because from my point of view, this is the best outlook. This is the most optimistic I've felt since we were in the honeymoon of that mellow trade. Am I wrong here? Am I missing no, something? You got it right. Um, I think what's weird about it is the, because again, you mentioned or you alluded to storylines when it comes to the MVP. The NBA is all about stories, names, how you got there. And I mean, Julius Randle, RJ Barrett, and I mean, barring RJ Barrett, I guess, but Juliet Randle, Jalen Brunson, great, great college players. But I mean, that profile kind of was lowered a little bit when they got into the league and kind of had to prove a lot of people wrong before they got to where they are today with the New York Knicks. I think there is this, there's this, uh, inv not environment, there's this feeling around the Knicks that it's like, is it too good to be true? There's such a high standard. It's like these guys, okay, we know that they're playing well, but can we go and get a star and expect this from them night in and night out? And naturally, right? We've said it before. This team is one star away from being true championship contenders. Um, you're obviously not going to get 20 points a night from each one of them. If you get a 25, 30 point per game score, that's natural. But if they can keep up this type of uh, efficiency and production in the minutes that they do eventually end up getting, this New York's team, this New York Knicks team has more than a solid foundation to make runs for championships. There's no doubt about it. 
That's facts. And I like how you put that because that is the stepping point to getting that star and actually competing like you mentioned, right? RJ's not going to average 20 with another guy there. He probably won't pass at all because he puts his head down right now because he doesn't feel like he touches it enough. But once that guy is here, once that top 10 guy is wearing blue and orange in the Mecca, having Julius Randle slot into a role where he's not the guy, he doesn't have to bring up the ball, he doesn't have to face double teams to make those tough decisions, having Jalen Brunson get to touch and feel when he needs to go and and not be needed to be a fourth quarter version of Kyrie, which he can't always do. <laughs> Contrary to popular Knicks belief, right? But- yeah, that you're you're slotting everyone back in their appropriate role, and you're taking a big dog to lead the charge. That's what they need, man. Um, I think they're closer than ever to getting it, closer than they have been since Melo walked through that door. I don't know who that guy is that I'm open to taking guesses to. But um, like I said, man, I just think they're in a good spot. Oh, I agree. I agree. And I don't want to get too crazy here, but you add a Damian Lillard or a Kyrie Irving, this is a championship bound team. I'm not, I don't even feel like, like, I don't even feel like ashamed to say that. Like, I feel very confident behind that statement. No, I forgot that Kyrie's in a contract here. He could leave after this season. Yeah. All right, man. Speaking of stars, it doesn't get no brighter than NBA All-Star Weekend. We are almost... They're a little over two weeks away. February 19th will be the date of the All-Star game. Before that, we got the rookie contest, three-point shootout, all that good stuff. But there was some news in terms of All-Star starters being announced. For us. why don't you let the people know? You already know the starters have been announced, you know what I'm saying, Thursday night in the West. It's kind of business as usual, kind of people <laughs> you expect. Uh, LeBron James, Luka Doncic, Steph Curry, Zion Williamson, who, you know what I'm saying, Holding his spot, well-deservedly stole in the starting lineup. And Nikola Jokic, you know, in the East. First-time starter for the East. I mean, it's not weird to see him here, but it's weird to see him in this side of things. But Giannis, Kyrie, Donovan Mitchell is who I'm speaking about. Jason Tatum and Kevin Durant. Uh, Ty, what are your thoughts on the starters? I mean, this already makes for a fantastic game from what I'm seeing so far, you know? firepower and first of all let me say i love what they're doing the slight change that they're having the all-star draft will not be like two weeks on a random thursday night on tnt it's gonna be right before tip (laughs) i guess they got those jerseys right on the press but i think it's gonna be cool it's like a pickup style element to it like i hope they just stand at center court like yo i gotta tell you that would be real tough man actually no i didn't really have an idea that they were doing that i think this is dope like you said uh it adds another fun, another another element of fun to the game. You know what I mean? Adam Silver is always thinking of ways to make the league more creative and make its events more entertaining. You know what I'm saying? So um, with that being said, that's dope. We talk about the starters, right? The first thing we got to talk about the guys who we think were snubbed out of the starting lineup, man. So you want to touch on that for a little bit? Yeah, man, when you look at the NBA stat leaders and you see two guys averaging 30 points per game for the season, (laughs) there's no doubt you think those guys should be in the starting lineup for their respective confidence. Well, 2023, that's not the case because both SGA and Joel Embiid, having monster years, did not make the starting five for their conferences. And I'm not going to be that guy that says these guys should have made it and not tell you who I'm taking out. So I got some backup for that, okay? I'm telling you on the East, 
Giannis, you're the GOAT. Shoes, I just got a pair. But you coming out of that starting lineup, Brody. Okay, Joel Embiid <laughs> is having a different year. You saw Facts. what he just did to the two-time MVP, Denver. I mean, Jokic in Denver. He has to start for me. And then on the other side, it's a little bit tougher because the guy I would take out isn't at the same position, and we know it's got to be two guards, three front court guys. But Zion has missed a lot of time. Okay, that's not something we aren't used to saying with him. But I don't know. SGA has been out there almost every game. I mean, they've been getting their ass kicked a lot too, but still <laughs> out there every game, putting up 30 a night. I would have loved to see them kind of flex it. He's 6'6". Maybe he could classify as a forward and get Zion out of there for SGA. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, for me, I'm not so adamant on pulling Zion, but I think SGA deserves it. Although there's arguments, I think the fans kind of got it right. I mean, still, it's a snub nonetheless, but... I'm going to be one of those guys. I'm not going to tell you who I'm taking out, but <laughs> I will agree with you, though. For the Eastern Conference, man, um, no doubt about it, Joel Embiid's got to be there over Giannis. Giannis is, you know, arguably top two, top three player in the NBA in the last three years, for the last four years. You know what I mean? He's an MVP in this league. He's won a championship. He's a finals MVP. All respect deserved. But Joel Embiid is having a monster season. If you look at everybody in this starting lineup, I think that's the first guy that you can kind of find some chink in his armor in terms of all-star starters. However, we got to say, the fans vote in the starters, so it's not like this was, you know, coaches or basketball analysts, you know, these were fans at home who just did it based on who they liked the most. But I think Joel should have definitely gotten there. SJ deserves his spot as well, too, you know? Yeah, and they changed that mix when it's time to vote on the rest of the squad, right? It's still a little bit of fan percentage, but it's majority picked by the coaches and the mm -hmm. other players in this league. So me and Faraz, while not players or coaches, are going <laughs> to pull out our crystal balls and tell you who we think should make it for the rest of those teams. So how the rest of this goes, right? After the five starters on each conference, you get two guards, three front court guys, and two wild cards who could be from any position per conference. So for me out West, my two guards, SGA, right? I just said he's going to be a starter for damn sure. I got him in the team on the game. Then I got John ja Morant. I don't think you're going to have any argument there. And then on the front court, DeMontis Sabonis having a monster year. Sacramento's the third seed in the West. They keep winning. We got some special coming out, so keep it tuned for that. Laurie Markkinen, 24 points per game. My man's still getting buckets out in Utah, even though the records came down. Jaron Jackson Jr., probably the front runner for Depoy right now. And then my guy's Damon, PG-13. Now, I'm going to acknowledge right now, Darren Fox, maybe I could see him beating out Paul George. You know, the Kings have a way better record than the Clippers for that last spot. But that's how I had it getting settled. What do you think about that? Um, You're not going to get too many disagreements from me. But, I mean, a couple of guys that first come to mind that you, for, you left off is like, I'm thinking, I don't know, Devin Booker. You know what I mean? Uh, did you say Damian Lillard? I have Damon. Okay, you have you have Damon. Okay, Dame Dame deserves it. He's averaging a thirty ball after coming back from injury. You check. So he's <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's got to get in there. Um, so run it back for me one more time. So Jaw, you're not getting no disagreement with me on Jaw. Did you so, say SGA? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. SGA okay. has okay. to make it. SGA, Jaw, Demontis Sabonis, Laurie, Jaron Jackson Jr., James, and PG. So these are the guys that I had getting snubbed. And there's some big names. So I understand if you got some gripes. I had AD, Devin Booker. Anthony Edwards and CJ getting snubbed out West. I guess the one for me, 
that I think I would like, and that's more so just on a hate for the player for what he didn't do with my franchise and a love for this guy, but I would swap Anthony Edwards and Laurie Markin in. Um, and I would maneuver it so that it's like, you know, putting him in, in a wild card position. You check what I'm saying. So it's not like, you know, front court for back court or whatever you want to call it. I mean, Anthony Edwards would kind of qualify as a three, but you know, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I respect that. And I mean, they have a chance. Jazz are a 10 seed to, excuse me, the Timberwolves have worked their way up to a six seed. So it kind of makes sense if you're factoring in the winning. I, I got no problem with that. Okay, Betty, Betty, Betty. Well, with that being said, we got to move on to the East, man. And Ty, I like what you did with the West. So let me hear what you got about the East. All right, man. For the two guards, I got Tyrese Halliburton averaging a hefty 20 and 10. I got Jalen Brown as my other guard. In the front yeah. court, Joel Embiid. That's a gimme. Bam Adebayo having a sneaky good year. If Jaron Jackson Jr. ain't the deep boy, it's going to be this dude. And then Julius Randle, my man, JR, okay, <laughs> coming back. He's been, he's been crazy, balling of late. And then for my wild cards, the final two out east, James Harden, averaging 20 and 11 again, and Pascal Siakam. So the snubs there, I got Jalen Brunson getting snubbed, Ice Trade Gang, DeJounte Murray, DeMar DeRozan, Jimmy Butler, Darius Garland, and Kyle Kuzma. A long list, some star-studded names out east, but they didn't make my cut. How you feel about my miss? Alice? The only one that I'm kind of like, all right, that's disrespectful is DeMar DeRozan, and you already know the reason why. He's a Chicago <laughs> Bull. He's hooping. Yeah, we're not playing the best, but he could slide in there. I think the only person, like, I mean, Harden and Siakam, I think they both deserve it, but at the same time, I think you could either switch either of those two guys for Trey and DeRozan, you know, but I'm not hurt regardless. Yeah. Like, you know, I think it's okay the way it is. So, And it's Siakam, Trey, and DeRozan where the numbers are just gaudy, but I penalize them for the not winning. Trey, more specifically, because their record's like one game worse than the Knicks right now. Mm-hmm. But Trey is like having one of the worst efficiencies shooting his year since his rookie year. Yeah. It's, the numbers are nice, but the efficiency is pretty bad. So I don't think Coach is going to get fooled on that one. For sure. For sure. So I think – for the most part, you got it right. The only one for me is, like you said, probably DeMar DeRozan, and they, they've lost a lot. Of, we've lost a lot of games. hate to say it like that, but yep. <laughs> All right, man. So y'all heard it. That's how we got the All-Star shaking out. So when you see that list in a week and a half, don't be surprised you heard it first on the floor. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You don't want to play yourself. You want to make sure you're tuning in. You know what I mean? So, yeah. With that being said, though, bro, I mean, we just talked about the guy. We touched on it. You know what I mean? Um, His team hasn't been playing too well, but... There is one lone bright spot in Oklahoma City. You know what I mean? And he's, he's bringing the thunder every single night. That's yeah, none yeah. other than Shea Gilgis Alexander. You know what I'm saying? He's taking over the league. He's taking over the Oklahoma City. Man, at 24 years young, averaging 30 points per game, shooting over 50% from the field, my man is blowing my mind. He's got, like, Jalen Brunson footwork in the paint. But like a six six frame, it's it's strange, and it never really seemed like okay. He's very good at basketball, right? He's a strong IQ. He always seems to put the ball in the basket. It's nothing pretty. It's not crazy crossovers. It's not insane step backs from forty. But it's a game that translates, and you got Lou Dort next to him. That's figured out how to create an offensive game around bullying the China shop. <laughs> Just bulldog. You look like one of those bulldog Compton guards, honestly. And you just imagine Chet Holmgren gets it and 
stays healthy and finds his way. Oklahoma City hits on just maybe a quarter of the 75 picks that they have in the next four years. <laughs> this could be a dangerous team. I mean, right now, if the Thunder were winning, Shea Gillius might be in the thick of the MVP race. So talking about the Knicks future is bright. Damn it, you're going to need some sunglasses to look at OKC in a few years. <laughs> And if there's anybody who's loving this right now, it's our boy Dilly Z sitting at home. Appreciate you, Dilly. This man rode for the Thunder when nobody else did. You know what I'm saying? When it was just Steven Adam at Russell Westbrook. And then when it was just Russell, then there was no one there. You know what I'm saying? So big shouts. And, uh, yeah, the Thunder aren't looking too great right now. I mean, 11th, you know, we know to be very deep Western Conference. Weaker than normal, but deep Western Conference. Uh, and Shea is doing the damn thing, as you mentioned, you know. Nothing too flashy, nothing too crazy, not shooting the three ball from half court like other players, you know what I mean? But with that being said, like my boy Ty mentioned, the future is bright in OKC. Let's go. All right, y'all. Man, I was watching basketball Saturday like, damn, this is a good lineup. There's some good games on right now. Little did I know NBA started something called Rival Week. I yeah. had no idea. I just was like, man, this is better than the Christmas Day games. <laughs> <laughs> For real, no, no, it was sick, man. They put all the, uh, I don't want to say hometown, but right, the, the close proximity cities, the main rivalries. They had all the big games playing. And like Ty said, man, it's better than Christmas Day, you know? Yeah, we had Denver, Philly early, New York versus Brooklyn at 530, and then they ended it with Boston, L.A., and we got to talk about it. Lakers almost pulled off the upset versus Boston, but the refs, they had other plans. Okay, it was a hard-fought game that had a tie score with a few seconds left. Bron got the ball at the top of the key, drives left, layup, stretching his hand out for game. Yakum, Jason Tatum <laughs> rakes him on the forearm. The refs do absolutely nothing, and the game heads to overtime. Facts, man. Facts. Um, I don't know if the refs had a fix in, but it sure looked so. The foul seemed obvious to everybody sitting at home. Uh, and I don't think that that was the biggest part of the night. I think the biggest part of the night is after a crazy sequence from Pat Bev leading up to that LeBron foul, my boy pulls out a camera from I don't even know where, you know what I mean, to the ref to try and show him that that is a foul. And my boy gets kicked out the game right before overtime. Ty, let me hear your thoughts on that Pat Bev sequence and the camera, like that was probably the greatest prop of all time. Yeah. Let tantrum tried to overtake it, but for me, this will forever be the Pat Bev game. Okay. He had a sequence, like you mentioned to end regulation with the big three, then a putback dunk, his first dunk in years. <laughs> they put a graphic up. This is his first dunk since 2019. And it's a putback with like under a minute left to give the Lakers a lead. Nonetheless, the Celtics come back and score. We got the, non-call we got lebron laying on the ground for about 65 minutes and then patrick beverly i don't know if he armed a photography robbed a photographer on the sideline got his camera like pull over and just beelines to the referee but bro this has got to be one of the most iconic technicals one of the most hilarious technicals i've ever seen in my life <laughs> the creativity to get yourself fined by showing a referee a picture man Man, it doesn't get any better than that. I mean, Pat Bev has so many moments that are almost as special as winning a championship and have nothing to do with the event. You know what I mean? Whether it's him helping Minnesota win a play-in game, you know, and make it to the playoffs and then lose. Or if it's him, you know, and all the energy he's had with the Lakers or his time with the Clippers. You know what I mean? Pat Bev 
is him. You know what I mean? Probably averaging the least amount of points and all stats all around to be him. But nonetheless, Pat Bev is him. You know? He certainly talks like him. You should have just seen him parading around that arena <laughs> after he hit that pit back dunk. <laughs> oh, man. Everyone was having a good kick out of that on the Lakers sideline until about 30 seconds left. <laughs> and then, you know what I mean? It was all downhill from there. The refs missed a very, very vital call. You know that what I mean? Bad. It was yeah. bad, man. Dennis Schroeder came to Instagram after the game and really had a valid point. He said, man, players be getting fined for the refs, for their mistakes. You know, when refs give them a tech, they got to pay the fees associated with it, the fines, may I say. Refs should be fined for their mistakes. I mean, especially when it's so blatant and so obvious. I mean, he said or claims that they've lost four or five games due to referee mistakes. I can't necessarily speak on that. The early Lakers were pretty terrible in the beginning half of this season. But... See, all that to say, I think that the refs definitely played a part in that one. I mean, LeBron, make, he's going to make at least one. I don't expect him to make two, but you know he's going to at least make one. If he makes two, that's the icing on the cake. It's really hard for the amount of time that was left on the clock for the Celtics to beat him. So yeah. I, think, I think the refs messed that one up. Yeah, they definitely messed it up. They definitely cost the Lakers the game. I've counted like two or three games that they've cost the Lakers this season. Uh, Ron is always very vocal when that happens, but... Um, Regardless, the thing that caught me from Schroeder's post the most is I think the reason why it hurt LeBron so hard. You could tell my man was frustrated. Yeah. And that's because he said they need every game. They can't afford to lose like that. Right? Like, this is a Lakers team that's scratching and clawing. They win a couple games, and then they lose a stretch. They win a couple games, and they lose a stretch. They finally get AD back. They win a couple games. They really need this win in Boston. And they have it taken from them, from the referees, from the zebras. Uh, I'd be in pain too. But, uh, man, that's just how it works in basketball. It's just how it works in sports. It's not always fair. Uh, the Lakers had their opportunity over time. It was 0-0 again. But they didn't come to play. And Boston ended up walking out with the dub. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You said it. Um, moving away from the rival game, that's something, or rival day. That was something that I thought was really awesome by the NBA. I hope they keep doing cool things like nice. that. Um, in other all-star news, the McDonald's All-American game for high school stars starting lineups were, I guess, teams were just released. You know what I mean? And there were some familiar names, some non-familiar names. This is a very stacked McDonald's All-American class, man. Um, what are you, some of your thoughts, Ty? On this year's lineup for the McDonald's All-American Boys game. Stacked is the right word. We got Isaiah Collier. We got Bronny James. DJ Wagner. Shout out Jersey. There's someone else from Jersey. Big shout out Jersey. Yeah, <laughs> DJ Wagner's that dude, bro. Top five prospect in the class. Looking like all that and some. So, um, number yeah, two. Number two. Yes. And son of former NBA player Dewan Wagner. Just had to throw that out there. Also from Camden, New Jersey. Yeah, we love to see that. So, um, again, shout out Jersey. But, yeah, man. Uh, I'm excited for this game. I'm going to be watching this game. And while there was some rumors, some politics, oh, Brian didn't deserve it. Oh, he only got in for ratings. Oh, he only got in because of his pops. No, that's not true, man. He deserved it. Okay? The improvement he's shown from just last summer AAU circuit to where he is now. It's night and day, man. He's leading that Sierra Canyon team. It wasn't even like that a month and a half ago, but it's now the unquestioned leader 
not only in play, but in the persona, the demeanor on the court, man. He has matured before our very eyes. He deserves this. And I've got a hot take. Not only does he deserve to be a McDonald's All-American, I think he deserves a $20 million deal next year to play for the G League. (laughs) Oh, shoot. And it's not about talent, y'all. It's not about talent. But when you look at what the G League needs, right, they got all these college superstars, overseas, high school superstars that didn't pan out quite, just trying to get to the next level. What gets them more exposure as players? What gets them more exposure as a league? Having a superstar, Supernova, the GOAT's son, come play for you guys, bring celebrities courtside, bring his dad courtside, and spread awareness to not only him, not only to his team, but to the other superstars or former stars that you have in your league, man. I think this would be great. The kid's already got a net worth of $10 million, so you have to make it worth his while. But $20 million, I think that gets done. You need him more than he needs you, NBA G League. I hope you're listening right now. You said it. Um, I don't know how high I am on that take. You know what I'm saying? Um, um, don't get me wrong. I think he deserves it to a certain extent, like you said, for all the reasons that you mentioned. Not because of talent, but because of the kind of profile he's going to bring to the G League. But I don't know, his NIL deal was just, or his value was just valued at $7.5 million, which was the highest ever for a high school player. You know what I mean? Eclipsing Mikey Williams, who we've known since four years ago was going to be a star, you know? Um, but saying all that to say, that would be interesting. I could see the G League doing something crazy, but you don't think 20 mil is a lot, Brody? No, 20 mil is a lot. 20 mil is a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not about that he's worth it. I don't even think he's worth it, but you don't get what you, <laughs> you, can, get what, you, get what you can negotiate. And to say that Bronny James being in the G League, traveling to their 28 or 30 game season, wouldn't give the G League and the NBA as the owners more than $20 million in revenue they wouldn't have had if he was playing in college or was playing somewhere else, he'd definitely pass that number. 100%. Because I'm talking about selling out gyms. I'm talking about merchandise. Has anyone else bought a Vipers jersey? Uh, <laughs> I, don't I don't think know. so. So... <laughs> You can stream every game on the NBA app. There's all the ad revenue. There's TV contracts. You can negotiate for one-year deals. He would undoubtedly put them $20 million up into the revenue than they would have been versus without him. So, I don't know. Again, it's not about what it's worth. It's not about talent. It's about business. And I think the business makes sense. (laughs) you've got a point you've got a point i think the business does make a lot of sense and more than likely he'd probably play for the ignite huh yeah 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 so i think that'd be pretty fire i'm not gonna lie so let's see what happens you know but uh nonetheless Bronny's expected to get paid whether he goes to college whether he goes to g league whether he goes to overseas (laughs) he's gonna make some dough and he said pops i'm moving out (laughs) yeah that's true man and like Lamelo did it on a smaller scale, but like I said, I've never seen a Vipers jersey. I haven't seen another G League jersey, but I did see Lamelo Ball Lithuania jerseys. You don't think you've seen some Brownie James? Oh yeah, oh yeah, and I even remember seeing the Mellow Ball Australia jerseys. You know what I mean? So uh, you're not wrong about that. You're not wrong about that. I mean, I saw some Illawarra Hawks jerseys. You yeah, know? yeah. So, <laughs> you got a point. All right, y'all. I think that's going to do it. Another episode of the Who Plug in the Books. 
Yes, sir, guys. Thank you, as always, for rocking with us. You know what I mean? Before you get up out of here, don't forget to hit that like button on the video. Thanks, as always, for supporting. Hit that subscribe. We're really trying to hit a 1,000 subscribers. And as always, guys, put some flavor in your ears. Peace. Peace.